Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. So I've done many episodes on the topic of discipline and techniques and kind of old school tactics that are still commonly used today, things that basically use coercion as a tactic to control children's behaviors. I'm talking about things like bribes, rewards, sticker charts, and uh, punishments that are not those natural consequences I've also talked about, but the time type that are not necessarily tied to whatever behavior has been problematic. And the rule of thumb, and I'm not going to stray from that today, is basically that when you're using these external means to try and get a change in your child's behavior, or is your primary means of discipline, you're not going down the path of helping your child truly come into their own immature. And there is a limit to how successful those techniques can be. However, I often am asked in my parent coach practice and just kind of in conversations, do you ever use bribes or rewards or sticker charts with your children? And the answer is occasionally and very rarely. (laughs) And usually when I am recognizing the fact that this is not my regular way of operating, but there's a certain circumstance that I feel like warrants using one of these tactics or we're looking at something that's a very short-term change or response that I'm going for within my children, and it might be a short-term goal or a habit that we're trying to start, and I'm using this as kind of a little bit of an incentive just to start getting the habit going in place, knowing that there is a limit to how well some type of a reward is going to be in the long run. It's really meant to just jumpstart something. So the reality is, yes, occasionally, very infrequently. So why, why do I not? I've covered this again before, but I thought I would just start off a little bit why rewards do not in general work to create kind of the long-term progress that we're looking for in our children. I was really inspired about, I guess, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 11, when I read a book by Alfie Cohn, which is called Punished by Rewards, The Trouble with Gold Stars, Incentive Plans, A's, Praise, and Other Bribes. This book was really foundational in me understanding why those things don't work and why they're problematic, yet they're used so frequently in our culture, in our society, within traditional schools. 
and also by parents. And a lot of that is because it's our inheritance. It's what we experience as children. And so it's kind of our default. It's what we know to do. But as I've talked about before on my podcast, they're problematic because you're not calling upon your attachment, your connection with your child to motivate change. You have to go to something external that you feel might have an influence on your children because you don't. And that's one of the main reasons why it can be so problematic. So I wanted to start off, like I said, by talking about the use of rewards in general and why it's not recommended to use these. Let's start back by just remembering where this type of tactic came from. It was based on behaviorist psychology, largely due to Skinner's experiments on rats. The rewards on, you know, rat behavior and then the punishments based on rat behavior is not going the right direction in the maze and so forth. Let's remember for a minute here, we're not raising rats and we're going to that most base level of trying to control our children and their behaviors and using these outside means to do so. It's, it's really honestly a disgrace and an insult to humans in general, but specifically your children. We need to go a lot deeper to try and get where we want our children to go in terms of their development and growing out and maturing out of immature behaviors. And if we're just on that level of trying to control our children's behaviors by these external means, we're not going to get very far and it's not going to be real lasting change. So why? Why not use these general techniques? Well, one of the quotes that I really like from Alfie Cohn at its base, do rewards motivate people? Absolutely. They motivate people to get rewards. (laughs) And that is the real truth of the matter. So if we're relying on rewards and bribes, all we're doing is training our children to be motivated to earn rewards. When usually parents are using those tactics to try and get something else to happen, to try and get children to learn to behave in a certain way, it's not working. We trick ourselves and think it's working because it looks like it is, but it's not. It may appear to work in the short term, and that's why it's kind of addictive for parents to use it, but this is not sustainable change. Listen to this other quote by Cohn. Rewards don't bring about the changes we are hoping for. But the point here is also that something else is going on. The more rewards are used, the more they seem to be needed. Pretty soon, the provision of rewards becomes habitual because there seems to be no way to do without them. So basically, it becomes almost like an addiction or a cycle that we get into as parents and our children that we can't get children to change or take on a new behavior or try something without the use of some type of a reward. That's not typically what parents are going for here, that we're just trying to train our children to need rewards. There's a limit. It's not effective in the way in which parents are typically using these things. And also, I'm sure if any of you have tried these things before, I know I did, back in my early years of parenting, I used those sticker charts. I used those rewards to try and get my children to behave in certain ways. The problem is eventually the novel of that reward wears off. If you're using something like a sticker chart to try and get a certain behavior or habit started, that might be fun for a few days. And eventually the kid's like, all right, 
that's kind of boring, a sticker. And then you suddenly have to kind of up it, up the ante, up the prize. Okay, now it's going to be a treat. Instead of a sticker for this, you're going to get a, a candy. And that seems great for a while, but then that leads to, eh, I'm kind of sick of getting just one M&M. So you have to give your kid more candy or a better candy. Or then you're like, okay, instead we'll move to a toy. Now the toy will be an incentive. Before you know it, you're going broke on these rewards because the novelty is wearing off and your child needs bigger and better and more excessive rewards to keep them interested and motivated to, again, just earn more rewards, not necessarily to actually take on this habit or this behavior that you're trying to encourage by the use of these rewards. And also children will start resisting trying things unless there's a reward attached. So then again, you're stuck in this vicious cycle of the expectation your child will have due to your training that a reward is needed and has to be attached to them being willing to try new things. The other reason why rewards and bribes and charts and things of that nature is problematic is they don't actually help children mature and grow out of problematic behaviors. Those behaviors are generally the result of either an underlying unmet need that needs to be addressed and sticking a reward or a bribe to try and change this behavior is not meeting that unmet need, or these problematic behaviors are a result of immaturity. And luring your child out of their immature behavior by the promise of a reward or a bribe is not actually helping them grow and mature out of this problematic behavior. Here's the truth. Bribes and rewards may encourage a child to act more mature, but that's not what we should be going for here. We should not be trying to get our child to just act more mature. We should be trying to encourage them through the foundation and the environment and our own guidance and specifically our connection and attachment with our children to grow and mature in the pace that is natural for them without providing things like rewards and bribes that actually may be getting in the way with your child's true maturity. We don't want our children to just act more mature. We want them to become more mature. So going for them to act versus become is not what we should be targeting here. The truth is that if we're looking for real maturation in our children, you need to recognize that rewards stunt that natural development. So that's the reason to stop it as a generalized mechanism that you may be defaulting to for lack of other options. You need to be thinking about, is this actually helping my child grow and mature? And the answer may be no. The answer likely is no. Another reason why you should be avoiding this as a generalized tactic for discipline in your home, particularly if you have more than one child, is that it's inherently unfair. Here's the truth, and I know this both as a former classroom teacher, as a parent of children who attend school, and also as a parent of more than one child, that kids who seem to do the best and be most successful and earn the most stickers or rewards are children who need those external systems the least. 
Meanwhile, the kids who struggle and don't achieve the rewards will end up feeling less motivated to try and achieve them once they recognize that they're not as successful as their peers or their siblings. In the classroom setting, this is problematic, particularly in schools that utilize kind of external means of motivating kids by like earning rewards, stickers, tickets to toy boxes and so forth. The kids that have the most success that are frequently earning those stickers are frequently earning those tickets or those rewards are the kids that would be doing well regardless of that. They don't need to have that external motivation to be able to achieve those rewards. The children who are least successful are the children who are less mature and less able to kind of have that internal mechanism of self-regulation. So they're not as successful. And that's not due to the fact that they are not working hard. It's due to the fact they're less mature. And so that impulse control is not as strong. And so they're not as successful. It's not that there's not a, a, enough of a reward promised to these kids for them to be motivated to have more success. It's the fact that for them, they're not as mature. They're not as mature in their emotional and social development, and therefore they're not achieving the prizes. So what happens is it backfires. Those kids that don't need them anyways, don't need that kind of support, are still achieving. And the kids who are not mature, who it's kind of almost designed to motivate, they start becoming demoralized. They start feeling like, gosh, I'm never going to succeed in these rewards. So they become even less motivated. And in some cases, their problematic behaviors increase because now they're dealing with feelings of shame. Now they're dealing with feelings of you know, unworthiness and feeling less than. This is similar to how things play out in homes where these systems are put into place when there's more than one child. You have your children who maybe just because they're older and more mature and have further along in the development or temperament-wise or due to their sensitivities are more mature or less mature. So again, you have those kids who are a little further along in their emotional development who are having more success in earning these rewards. And then you have your children who are less progressed in their maturity in this area. And so the same thing plays out. You have the kids who are earning those rewards you know, feeling like, oh, look at me, look what I'm achieving. I feel good. And I'm sure because they're siblings, it's a little ha ha, look what I got and you didn't kind of thing playing into that sibling rivalry. And then the child who's less successful at earning those rewards is feeling more and more deflated and like they're not able to meet the challenge, receive that reward and problematic behaviors increase. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Now, as a classroom teacher, former classroom teacher, I did have some systems in place. As I became more... Um, kind of aware of some of the negative impacts of some of these reward type um, tactics for um, behaviors in class, I strayed away from it in terms of individually earning rewards and sticker charts and things of that nature, and more towards kind of whole class goals, or they could work together in community. Those can be problematic too, because if the whole class is working towards a group goal, earning a prize, a party, something of that nature, well, there's a couple of kids who might struggle, who might be keeping the whole class from being able to achieve. And now how's that child feeling? Is that 
goal, that reward, helping them in the long run? Probably not. However, I do know that teachers can use it successfully and they can, you know, encourage the children who maybe are not as far along in their maturity to kind of come on, I know you could do this and it might work for the short term. And, you know, parties are fun and a chance to celebrate as a class is something to look forward to. So, you know, I'm not saying that these things cannot be successful sometimes in classes, but in terms of their long-term success in motivating change and motivating mature behavior in children, the best you're going to get is a child who learns to act more mature. And that may be enough in a classroom setting to justify its use. But in terms of the home setting, it should not be enough because we don't want our children to just act more mature. We want them to grow and blossom and become more mature and be able to develop, not because they are dependent upon a reward or a bribe or a sticker. Okay, so after all that, and basically saying why this is such a bad idea, now I'm going to tell you where I break my own rule, where I personally have justified the use of rare but occasional use of rewards and some type of a bribe. And I used to kind of jokingly throw it out there. Absolutely not. I discourage the use except for planes and family photos. <laughs> and I'll explain what I meant by that. So the reality is, like I've said, the best you're going to get out of a reward or a bribe is for your child to act more mature. And that is not a good like goal to have, except if you only need your child to act more mature, very short and specific period of time. One of the things that really kind of gets parents so anxious is the fact that occasionally maybe they're going to pay for a professional photographer, or maybe it's just, we're going to try and get our annual family photo for a holiday card and just, you know, have a friend or relative take a photo. Nevertheless, we want to get that lovely family photo where everybody's looking at the camera and smiling and acting in a certain way that kind of gives off this perfect image. We all do it. It's kind of part of what we go for. I always wish that I could have a, you know, behind the scenes photographer, camera person videoing the antics that I go into and certainly majority of parents go into to try and get that perfect picture. The kind of, come on, get in line, smile at the camera, cheese. You know, the, the fact that parents have to like either, you know, threaten their kids to behave or else, or I promise you'll get that ice cream at the end of this photo. I'll go buy you that toy at the, at the pharmacy down the street. The, the, the ridiculousness that we'll go into to try and get that family photo. I know there are many of you out there that are relating to this ridiculousness. Nevertheless, I totally do it. Why? Because I want to get that family photo. I want to have that, that photo that everybody looks their best. They're smiling to capture that moment in time, the age and stage everybody was at. And so to do that, I typically will say, we're going to take a family photo. And if everybody participates and takes a smile and, and, and you know, we're able to have success afterwards, we're going to go get a treat or we're going to go watch a movie or we're going to go do this fun thing. I 100% use a bribe to try and get the kids to do what I need them to do to get that family photo. Same thing goes when we're traveling. Back in the days when we traveled and took plane rides on occasion, that sitting in your seat with a seatbelt on 
not having your child be the one that's exploding and screaming and yelling before you can just plug them into a device and know that they're just going to be watching a movie the whole time. You need them to be able to behave. And so having those little bribes, those little like um, incentives to behave on a plane ride or just when you're on a trip in general, the reason why I go there, the reason why I recognize what I'm doing is not really like the best practice in terms of parenting is because I don't have the time. I don't have time for true maturation to set in. My older kids don't require, most of the time, (laughs) they don't require some type of a bribe to smile for camera. They know now, they have the maturity to know that the sooner they smile, look at the camera, the sooner will be done. And so they don't need to have those other, you know, they have enough life experience to know that, you know, just smile, behave yourself, do what you're supposed to do. And it's over with. The Band-Aid rip is off. On a plane ride, they understand it's, you know, worth it because on the other side, they're going to get to go to this cool place that we're traveling to. So it's worth behaving on the plane ride. They have the maturity that's kicked in. My younger kids, we still have to do a bit of this. My six and eight-year-old, we still have to sometimes incentivize the participation necessary to get a good picture, to be able to behave when we're traveling and so forth. The other times when these rewards, outside incentives, charts can be helpful, and I do sometimes encourage them in my parent coach practice and have utilized them myself, is when we're working towards some type of a short-term goal or for our children to adapt a new habit or to try something that we know that they're going to be able to enjoy, but there's a little bit of fear that's kicked in on trying this new thing. So I'm talking about short-term goals or habits like potty training, like staying in bed in the morning until a certain time, where we're trying to get a certain habit to kick in for a child. And it's really helpful in particular if the child also is, they've bought in, they want this goal as well. I'm not gonna go into potty training at length right now at all. And um, something that will probably be covered in an upcoming episode in the future, but just talking about sometimes if a child is developmentally ready for something like potty training, adding some type of an incentive to try and motivate that habit to take place might be enough just to kind of get it to set in for them to try. And then once the habit is established, you can start kind of making it more challenging to get that reward. And oh, now you need to have a full day of no accidents or, you know, every two times that you make it to the potty, you'll get this. You can kind of start weaning the child off the need for the habit. And then you don't need it anymore because they're potty trained and they're not going to after however many months of success or that you utilize this type of tactic, they're not going to suddenly be like, oh yeah, that's up, gigs up, give me my diapers full time. Again, we're not going to go into potty training and talk about things like when you children do kind of regress on their progress around potty training and, and what to do in those instances. But nevertheless, the point here is if there's a goal, if there's a habit, if there is something your child, you're trying to kind of get something in place, sometimes using a chart or a goal or a reward for a short term can be helpful in kind of jump-starting that habit. Similarly, if your child is kind of interested in trying a new thing, a new class, a new skill, sometimes it can be helpful. Where I found this to be most successful is if it's not necessarily, I'm going to give you X, Y, Z if you'll go try the class. 
versus I'll use the example of, let's say, going to a ski lesson. Okay, we're going to go skiing and on the way to ski in the morning, we're going to stop by and pick up hot cocoa and donuts and then we'll go. So the child might be kind of overwhelmed and scared about trying that first ski lesson, but they're like, okay, I'm getting on my ski clothes and hop in the car and getting hot cocoa and uh, a donut and get him to watch a movie in the car on the drive. That sounds pretty good. And then then you're there. Then you're on the ski hill. You're already there able to get your child to take that ski lesson. The kind of carrot that kind of lured them there might have been the donut, the hot cocoa and the movie in the car. But in reality, you're just trying to get them going so that they might be just not putting up that straight up, no, I'm not going skiing. That sounds scary. You're basically trying to just get them to a certain place. Or you can say, okay, we're going to try ballet class. And after the ballet class, we're going to, you know, pop by and pick out a movie out of the red box that we can take home and watch during movie night on Friday night. So it's, it is a bit of an incentive. It is a bit of a reward for trying something, but at the same time, the goal here is just to kind of get them to try the new thing, to try that ballet class. Once they're there and they're comfortable, assuming they like it, you won't need to have that because going to ballet class is in itself its own internally rewarding thing. Your child is motivated internally versus they require some type of an external reward to get them there in the first place. If your child will not do that thing, that that class, that behavior ever without a reward, a bribe, a sticker chart, then likely it's not either something that they're able to do developmentally that they're not ready for, or may not be a good fit in the case of maybe like a class or a new activity you're trying to introduce your child or get them to want to do. Another time when the use of these rewards or reward charts and something of that nature are okay is when it's child initiated. So interestingly, because our society, because we you know, in our own homes may have utilized these tactics before and because they're still widely used out there through schools and other programs, maybe even within the activities your children participate extracurricularly, they're used to this incentive, external motivator, reward, bribe version of kind of like doing things. And so sometimes you'll, your kid will say, well, can I get something for doing this? Or can I, you know, they'll, they'll basically ask for a reward for doing something. And if your child wants to set a goal and then set up some type of a reward that is initiated by them and that they actually fulfill for themselves, So this isn't coming to you and saying like, hey, mom, if I uh, learn to play these five songs on the piano, could I get an ice cream? No, they're asking for you basically to still provide that reward. That's different than an older, more mature child. And this is where I've experienced this in my own home, or I've heard it from other people that I've worked with or friends of mine who are parents is I've experienced when my own children have been like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to study for this final and take this test. I'm just so not motivated, but here's what I'm going to do. Every time I study another chapter of this book, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to watch another episode of this Netflix series that I'm really into. And they've kind of run this by me. I That's a great idea. A great way to motivate yourself to do something that's not fun. That's great. That's fine. That's your child of 
basically helping themselves push past what might be a lack of motivation. And they're providing it from themselves. It's their way. I do this too. I'll basically sometimes be uh, jogging and say, oh my gosh, I don't want, I just want to stop and walk right now. But okay, as soon as I get to that, you know, that uh, tree, I could see a block away. That's when I'm going to give myself a break and walk. So I give myself my own goals. I set my own goals and I kind of give myself that, that reward or that break to try and help motivate myself. That's fine. That's different than a parent doing that. And in fact, can be really helpful. And it could be something you could suggest to a child, but it's different than if you're the one that's holding that bribe or that reward or that promise of a prize over your child to try and motivate them to get to do something. That's different. Another time it's fine is when it is not tied to performance. And and this is kind of what I was getting at in terms of the example I gave with the ski lesson. So instead of saying, hey, we're going to go skiing today. And if you agree to go, we will get donuts on the way. That almost puts your child in this state of counter will, this resistance to being coerced. As soon as you're like, if you do this, I'll give you this. Kids are immediately kind of on defense and like, "Uh oh, what's the gig here? What's going on here? Why, Why does she want this from me? Why is she pushing me? Why is she giving me this uh, donut? If I do this thing, there must be something here. In which case your children will either immediately say no because they feel like they're being coerced and that's a very natural reaction or they'll become little uh, negotiators. No, but if you go get me a donut and you also get me a new magazine to read on the way and buy me some new ski gloves and a matching hat, then I'll go. So basically they call us out on our own, you know, use of rewards. And suddenly they're like, all right, if we're going to play like that, I know how to negotiate. And then they basically will only go along. And if we sweeten the pot somehow, and we basically lost at our own manipulation game that we're playing with our kids. So the reality is if you use it, not based on performance, but kind of just as a part of increasing your child's desire to push past a fear or lack of motivation to try something. And it also could just become part of the routine. I I use the idea of skiing because that's something that I've had to work with my kids. Both my husband and I really want our kids to learn how to ski. And some of my kids love it and they'll jump out of bed. I have other kids who are kind of homebodies. They don't like getting out of bed in the morning. They like being in their PJs and being super lazy. So getting up and motivated to leave the home before 7 a.m. on a weekend, that's a lot to push past. And then if it's something new or maybe it's the first time they've tried something, then you're also dealing with fear. And so sometimes just making this extra little thing that kind of sweetens the deal and motivates getting out of bed, doing those uncomfortable things or pushing past that fear can be helpful. So again, it's not, if you do this, I'll give you this. It's okay, we're going to do this. And on the way, we're going to have this cool experience that we know you really like. We're going to get this treat. We're going to do this thing on the way that we know will be enough to kind of motivate a child who might not be motivated to do something. It's not going to be enough to push past major fear. It's not going to be enough to push past big time counter will. So we are relying on some other things being in place here for this to be helpful. But if it's not tied to 
if you behave this way, or if you agree to this thing, I'll give you this. It's more successful and in my mind, better and okay. Just kind of a quick recap, never use bribes, rewards, or charts for ongoing behavior management. So if this is your key way to try and control your kids and their behavior, stop. The goal is not to control children and control their behavior. This is not going to be successful if you're using it in that way. Also, do not use it as a frequent used motivator to try something new because then again, your child will always expect it. Also, not a good thing to use with a child who does not have good impulse control. If your child still does not have a lot of uh, regulation and you're trying to get them to behave a certain way, the impulse is always going to override that thinking brain that was going to remember, oh, if I don't do this thing, I'm going to get a reward. If your child doesn't have strong impulse control, they're going to always fail and you'll get an increase in behavior problems. And again, final tip, do not use it in instances where siblings and peers are also working towards the same reward and will maybe one will earn it and the other one will not. So try, if you're going to use it for something like taking a family photo or plane ride, set it up and make it be something that everybody is going to have success at. Because again, you're using it in instances where it's kind of like you don't have time for maturity to kick in, you're gonna be okay with the acting mature in that moment. And so in those instances, just make sure that all siblings are gonna be successful at earning and achieving this prize. It's not gonna be, oh, these people have earned it and you're not, Um, you didn't get that. You misbehaved during the photo, all these other people are gonna get that uh, ice cream cone or get to participate in the game and you're gonna sit out. No, work with the child until everybody is successful and everybody gets to have the reward or bribe at the end. And if you're going to go that route, I hope this has been helpful. I know it's a little bit counter to the majority of what I bring to the 3D Parent Podcast, but I wanted to kind of lay this out here because so often what I'm talking about is the nitty gritty kind of basic tenets of how to parent with intention where your focus is on relationship and encouraging true maturation in our children and bribes and rewards and majority of punishments for that matter can be a real block. And then this is kind of that exception to the rule and times when it can be okay. Finally, if you've heard a little bit of ruckus in the background, those are my kids. It's a weekend. Life is what it is pandemic is what it is. We're home a lot right now. Um, and my kids are playing in the background. So any ambient noise of children in their play, that's real life. I am a parent, as you know, with my four kids at home during a pandemic. So I hope you enjoyed a little background sound for my children this episode as well. Um, take care. And I will be talking to you soon on the next episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. 
So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the 3D Parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.